You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked on NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And this episode today is part two of a two-part series with Chad Ford. The last one that aired on Monday, it was so good that I had to break it up into two parts because me and Chad are, are, are both basketball and NBA Draft Junkies, no pun intended. And we kind of went a little overboard on the last episode and it was well over an hour long so I decided to break it up into two so this is the second part with Chad Ford and today's episode is brought to you by Michelob at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories it's only worth it if you enjoy it stay tuned for the ultra moment segment coming up later in the episode all right you're listening to locked on NBA draft this is Rafael Barlow from NBA draft junkies and I have Chad Ford on. Now, we've talked about his philosophy in scouting. We've talked about the changes in scouting over the few last few years. And now I want to talk about a few of the current players in this draft that they're really divisive prospects. You have a huge gap between how a lot of scouts or NBA draft Twitter feels about the prospect. And the first one I want to talk about is Davion Mitchell. I've mm. seen him as high as number seven on some boards and some people feel like his shooting which he shot the ball well this year is just a it's not sustainable it's an outlier yeah especially if you're using the free throw you know the Mm -hmm. the model of touch is dependent on free throw because he's not a good free throw shooter so what what are your thoughts on Davion Mitchell and where do you have him on your big board he's number seven on my big board I think I have him six in the mock draft uh or no 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 i have scotty barn six i have him going seventh to toronto um and you know there's two things that i tend to feel like over the years that i won't go against one is that age matters in the nba and that a 22 year old doing great things in college basketball is not apples to apples to an 18 year old um that there's there's development there's physical development there's maturity there's familiarity with the system that the coach is running there's all sorts of things that give a 22 year old a significant advantage over an 18 year old and so when you're looking at a at 22 year olds numbers you're looking at 3 to 4 years of experience you know doing something that um, that an 18-year-old's just thrust from the high school game to the college game. You just can't compare the two together and you shouldn't get overly excited. The second thing is the free throw thing. Like I, if, if there's one analytic that I sort of believe in is that if you want to, if you want to project the shooter in the, in the NBA, you look at their free throw percentage more so than you look at their three-point percentage. And there's just a lot of evidence that supports that. So with that said... <laughs> I'm going against both of these instincts with Davian Mitchell right now. I absolutely personally love him um, as a basketball player. I think he's going to be an elite defender uh, at the next level. Uh, I think the way that he approaches the game, his strength, uh, his athleticism, um, we talked about, you know, on our, our podcast, playing hard, being a, you know, an absolute, an absolute skill. 
Um, I think from leadership ability, I don't see how, if nothing else, he becomes like a Kyle Lowry uh, type type prospect uh, at, at the next level. And given the uncertainty after you get past those top five picks in this draft, where I think there's legitimate questions, like I love Scotty Barnes, but if you told me Scotty Barnes will bust in the NBA, I can't completely argue with you there's there's some glaring weaknesses this game and he's got to get in the right system and a coach has to use scotty barnes the right way for him to to exceed in the nba and if he gets with the wrong coach wrong system what have you you know scotty barnes could be out uh davian mitchell to me is the surest thing after those five to at least be in my opinion like a a, a high level starter in the nba and, and maybe that's that's where he caps out that's where i'm at on him what do you think I'm high on him. I have him in the lottery. I've seen him in the 20s. I've seen people say he's, you know, they use his age against him. They say he yeah. doesn't have a high upside. But what's interesting is you're the first person I've seen compare him to Kyle Lowry. And I like that comparison. I feel like a lot of people are making the lazy comparison to Donovan Mitchell because yeah. they wear the same number and yeah. their jerseys colors are similar depending on what the Jazz are wearing. But I, I like Lowry because it's the same junkyard dog mentality that, that Lowry brings. And Lowry, I mean, he's probably going to play until he's 36 or 37 at a high mm -hmm. level. I mean, he doesn't yeah. look like he's slowing down too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I see that a little closer to me. Even, even I know this may seem a little strange, even like a Marcus Smart. Uh, you know, a little more. And then, you know, Marcus Smart is an example of a guy who's the shooting doesn't really ever come along exactly the way you want, or it's very inconsistent. He never lacked confidence um, though. That's but it doesn't lack confidence and it keeps going. And, and you know, <laughs> obviously he's a huge impact for the Celtics. Uh, I, I will say in defense of the Donovan Mitchell's comps, they they do have a striking resemblance in how they move. Yeah. Um to, together. There, there's something about the the movements uh, of both players that if you're watching from a distance, you could get confused about who um, you were watching. I, I don't think they project to be the same player. And frankly, if if Davian Mitchell is, is going to be Donovan Mitchell, he should be what number two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm at the point now with Donovan Mitchell that, and I know this isn't a popular opinion, and I get it, but I think he's a he's going to ultimately have a better NBA career than Jason Tatum. I can see that uh, the other guy that you could the other guy that you could argue with that you know maybe should have went number one. Um, I'm I just I, I love his game and the way he stepped up in the playoffs. I just I I I think he's phenomenal. Well, to me, the biggest difference is Donovan is going to get to the free throw line. One of my knock on mm -hmm. Davians is he does not get to the free throw line enough. Yeah. He doesn't use his first step to yeah. generate free throws or attempts at the rim. So to me, that's the biggest difference because like you say if you watch them from afar they move similar you know they, they move alike yeah. they look alike but donovan has just another level of burst and we saw it against the clippers whereas yeah. once he gets downhill and then he just has amazing body control once he's up in the air and, and can switch hands so the, the other thing about donovan is he's got all the other stuff yeah. like who he is as a person his work ethic the professionalism, like, you know, all of the other stuff, he, he's got all the right ingredients to, to continue to kind of do what he does. Yep. I agree. All right. Another prospect, Kai Jones and his, 
where he's going on different draft boards is all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, the position that he's supposed to play in the NBA is all over the place. I've heard some people think that he's strictly a five. Some say that he's Siakam type player. Mm. So what are your thoughts on Kai Jones? Yeah, I'm more skeptical. Uh, I, you know, I, I get the appeal and how well he moves uh, as a big man. Hit the, the fluidity of movement for him is obviously appealing because he's going to have the size and strength, I think, sort of ultimately to defend in the post, but he's also going to be able to go up and guard, you know, spot up fours and stretch fours. And, and I, I see the appeal there. But, you know, he's a year older. Uh, he's, not a, he's not a freshman. If, if he did this as a freshman, I would probably be higher on him. But seeing what I, I felt was like some progress, but not all the progress that I really expected out of him out of Texas, I start to get more skeptical about projecting, oh, there's going to be these big, big leaps and bounds. I, I get it as a freshman. I think that's really fair to, to project on. But by your sophomore year, I, I want to see you starting to to make some of the adjustments and sort of grow as a player. And I mean, I'm not saying that he didn't get better because he did, but it wasn't at the, I really thought we were going to see with Kai Jones. And so to me, he's really interesting talking to the NBA scouts. He's the guy that everybody loves on paper, but everybody will probably pass on him when it gets, you know, time, because there's a, there's a big learning curve there, I think uh, at the next level um, for him. And so he's one of these guys that I, I, if you just listen to how scouts talk about him and his potential, he's a top 10 to 10 to 15 pick. Yeah. But then if you start pressing on, you know, what you need and team needs and who's where they are in the draft and what they're going to want, that he slides into the late teens or early 20s, wouldn't shock me at all that that's where he ends up on, on draft night. I agree. I've, um, I've been on record of saying if he ends up becoming an all-star within the first five years, I would not be shocked. If he's playing for Olympiacos in five years, I would not be shocked. Okay. We have a brand new segment brought to you by our partners at Michelob Ultra, and it was tough, tough for me to pick this week's Ultra moment. And you know what? I'm going to make it a tie between Trey Young and Paul George. Trey Young had 39.7 assists, leading Atlanta to a comeback win. On the road in Philly, they were down by 26 points, I believe. And then Paul George stepped up with, in my opinion, his best game of the playoffs, 37 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists. Also on the road in a hostile environment in Utah. I guess you could say both environments were hostile. George did this without Kawhi Leonard, who the reports are he is possibly dealing with a torn ACL. I hope that's not the case. But either way, both of those guys stepped up. So I can imagine the joy, the happiness, and the enjoyment for Clippers fans, if, if there are any. There's not a lot. Or Hawks fans. I mean, I guess these are two fan bases where you've questioned if they had fans. And over years, you can say those franchises did not have a lot to cheer about. But these playoffs have definitely brought some excitement and buzz to the city of Los Angeles. If you're not a Lakers fan and Atlanta, but go check out tons of other exciting Ultra Moments with the hashtag Ultra Moment. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. Today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And that 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, 
we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I know for me, the road to the finals, I felt like the winner of the Bucks versus Net series would be crowned champion. And now with the injuries to James Harden and Kyrie Irving and the Bucks' inability to take advantage of Brooklyn has made this series even more compelling. It's to the point now where I feel like Brooklyn has the advantage. And with their advantage, will they be healthy enough to get out of the East? Atlanta looks like they have the advantage over Philly right now. And a Nets versus Hawks Eastern Conference Finals with the healthy Hawks team versus a banged-up Nets team. This, to me, as a basketball fan, has been one of the most exciting playoffs, despite the fact that some of the big names aren't there. All right, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies. have my guest, Chad Ford. Another prospect, Sharif Cooper. Mm. I know you mentioned that he's fun to watch. And he's exciting, (laughs) and he brings this electricity. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on him as an NBA prospect? And where do you see him falling based off of, I shouldn't say falling, but where do you see him going based off of your, your intel? So tough because we actually had a pretty limited size, a sample size at Auburn as well. I mean, electric passer. I think, you know, he's, you know, one of, you know, probably the top two or three guys in this draft as far as how they see the floor, um, how they're, you know, their overall feel for the game, their playmaking ability. Um, and, you know, he's got the quickness and speed to get wherever he wants on the floor. He's going to be very, very difficult as far as him getting where he wants to get on the floor. Obviously, the lack of size means he's going to struggle to finish um, at the next level, that lack of a three-point, uh, consistent three-point jumper. He's, he, again, he's not shy to take it, uh, you know, and so, you know, there, there's some positives there, but that lack of it, you know, going in are big question marks. And so, you know, what do you do in the modern NBA with a six-foot point guard that can't shoot um, and is both has this great sense and feel for the game, but also probably some of that electric play often leads to carelessness, um, you know, with the basketball as well. I don't really know. I just kind of want him to land in New York. So people go crazy, go (laughs) crazy over him. I I just, you know, I, I always have these certain players that I'm just like, he's a Knicks player because there will be, you know, Lynn Sanity, uh, you know, what, the first time he goes out there and does his stuff. And that's, that's sort of how, how I see, uh, how I see him right now. Um, I don't know where he goes in the draft. Uh, I, like I said, I personally really like him, but if you're asking me like who his comp is right now in the NBA, that's having a lot of success, it gets a little bit harder. Um, you know, maybe he's more of the, you know, energy guy coming off the bench that, um, you know, does some really, you know, lights it up for five, 10 minutes and you got to pull him off the floor. That's funny. Two things you, um, I want to mention about that. So one on my last mock, I had him going to the Knicks at 19 and I posted yeah. it on my YouTube channel and Knicks fans. I have like a love hate with them because they're so passionate. Either they love yeah. what you're saying or you're the absolute biggest idiot in the world. And yeah. it's 50, 50. Some think that he would be a good pick there. And some are like Tibbs would never play a small point guard that can't defend. Mm. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I've seen Tibbs make it work with John Lucas. I've seen Tibbs make it work with mm. Nate Robinson. And I think DJ Augustine had a, a good year under under Tibbs one year in the playoffs. So I can see New York. I think he would add the, the fun and excitement. But then there's also the issue of 
And it's the opposite of Davian Mitchell. Sharif Cooper shot about 83% from the free throw line, but only 23% from three. Now, if you're buying into the, the theory, then he develops into a pretty good three-point shooter given time. But I also wonder, is, is he going to have to speed up his shot? Because he shoots like a flat-footed set shot, which Chris Paul does too, to a certain extent. Yeah. And what are your thoughts about his shooting based off of what we talked about earlier? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. He also, Shreve Cooper, compared to Davian Mitchell, has a much higher degree of difficulty in a lot of the shots that, 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 you know, that he's taking. I mean, you know, one of the things about Baylor is that they had that three-guard rotation where all three of those guys could absolutely kill you. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it created major, major problems on the defensive end. Uh, you know, you're talking about Jared, Jared Butler and Masio T. Um, you know, that three-headed monster is really, really difficult to game plan. And so, you know, a lot of Davian Mitchell's threes, um, you know, were open threes uh, and, and he was sinking them. Sharif Cooper had to kind of create everything for himself. Um, everything was sort of him creating his own, his own shots. So that degree of difficulty, you know, goes up pretty dramatically. So yeah, I have a little bit of concern about, you know, like you said, the flat-footed shot and, you know, a little bit of um, you know, the release, but I, I do think on a more talented team that he was on in a, in a system and maybe with a coach like Tibbs, that's going to ask you to play a role. Cause I do think that in some ways he's a Tibbs player because he's a gamer yeah. uh, and he's going to go out and play his butt off, uh, right. For the whole 48 minutes. And, you know, that's something that Tibbs demands out of all of his, uh, you know, out, out of all of his players, uh, that, that he might be all right. So that, that will be really interesting to see, where his degree of difficulty on some of his shots goes down because he's just playing on a, on a, on a better team. Because the other thing I would say, if you watch Street Cooper, you know, he averaged like eight and a half assists. Yeah. But if you actually look at all the great passes that he made and his Vertical teammates' labs. ability to finish, like he should have averaged like 12, 13 assists a game. Like yeah. uh, he, he is, there are going to be things that are going to be easier for him at the next level because of the, the skill sets of the players around. I agree. Cause I, I thought he was the best lob passer in all of college basketball mm. and with NBA spacing. Like when I think of him with the Knicks, I think of him and Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Where he should be able to get Mitchell Robinson some easy baskets. So I, I like him, but I have the same concerns. And I mean, just looking at his numbers, 39% from the floor, that's somewhat of a red flag. 23% from three, that's a red flag. But eight assists per game, how often do you see someone from a Power 5 conference average eight assists per game? Off the top without, of my head, without I can't a, Without a particularly talented uh, cast, like, a, you, know, yeah. uh, you know, a team around him where, like, like you said, like if you actually watch, um, he was so good at passing that often, you know, that ball would get fumbled or, you know, people would be surprised at the passes they was able going to be able to make. Um, I'm rooting for him. I'll just say that. I, I really hope there's a there's a space in the league for a player like him because, you know, it's the same with like LaMelo Ball. Like you love watching fun players, fun, creative players like that. Uh, and I know a lot of people like hated on LaMelo Ball last year, but I wanted him to succeed in the NBA because I knew if he did, he would be must-see television to watch yeah. every night because of the way he plays the game. And that's exactly what he's become. And so I, I do know this, Shreve Cooper... Um, making it in the league will be good for the NBA. Yep. And we talked about it briefly in, in the episode on your show. He averaged four turnovers a game, which is 
high amount, but he is one of the few guards that actually had close to a two to one assist to turnover ratio. I mean, Cade is super high usage rate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cade was negative. Yeah. And that's the one thing. I mean, we should talk about this sometime. Nobody wants to talk about that with Cade Cunningham. Uh, You know, like we're so quick to anoint Cade Cunningham. And and I don't get me wrong, I love Kate Cunningham. He's number one on my board or whatever, but we're so quick to anoint him that it's funny how we're so less comfortable talking about some of the warts uh, that are there than we are at a prospect in the 20s, where it's just really natural to be like, okay, on this hand, this, on this hand, that. It's it's harder to have those discussions when you kind of anoint someone as like the number one pick in the draft. Like people are less willing to look at that. And to me, to me, that's why. I see it maybe a little closer than some other people with Evan Mobley and Jalen Green and, and whatever. It's like, I, I think Caleb is the most complete prospect, but he is not completely complete as a prospect. And, and that's one of the red flags. That, and I, I don't think he's super explosive um, athletically or, or laterally um, as well. You know, those are, those are two things that, you know, could, could theoretically yeah. um, lower his ceiling a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's fair to point out. All right, I have one more prospect that I want to get your opinion on, but before then, I want to talk to the audience about Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain or auto parts store to have all the parts you need. So you can save time and money when you go to RockAuto.com. Why I choose to spend thirty, fifty, or even one hundred percent more on some parts from a chain store or a car dealership. I've had my experiences where. I needed something from a car dealership and it was, I want to say like $100 more if I went through the dealership as opposed to going to a another store, a, a store that sells the same product. But that's why I use rockauto.com right now. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. It's a family business and they're serving do-it-yourselfers or they have been serving do-it-yourselfers for the last 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So please go explore rockauto.com and their easy website to find the solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season and the NBA playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info, and sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action before the next pitch or the next tip-off. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. And check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your team preps for their playoff run, if your team is still alive. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Promo code locked on. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, raise your hand and be honest if you thought the Atlanta Hawks would be up 3-2 on the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't think a lot of people predicted this. I think a lot of people thought it would be an easy win for Philly, but they have blown 
leads in back-to-back games. I want to say 18 points and 26 points. Would not want to be a Sixers fan right now. But anyway, get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, the last divisive prospect. Oh, man. (laughs) Cam Thomas from LSU. I have a hard time finding a comparison. And Cam is a guy that the ball doesn't move. When when he gets it, it's it's going up. It's going up. I feel like he's more of a scorer than a shooter. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because he shot a lot of threes, a lot of jumpers. Wasn't the most efficient on paper, but he got to the foul line a ridiculous amount of times for mm-hmm. someone that you kind of put into a box as a shooter. What are your thoughts on him and, and what range do you see him being drafted in? Well, scoring is a skill and he, he finds a way to score, not always efficiently, uh, but, but he's, he's never not going to be hunting for a shot. I actually think that there's something to be said about that. You know, you know, we look at players like Scotty Barnes, for example, and you just wonder how, you know, sometimes Scotty just shoot the basketball, like, you know, take, take over a game, you know, Cam Thomas comes in and he, he, that's his whole mindset. You know, Josh Christopher is also sort of in this, in the same camp to me. Um, it's interesting to me in some ways that Cam Thomas is ranked ahead of um, Josh Christopher, because I see both of them as very dominant, you know, scoring two guards who can stop the offense. Um, but Christopher's a better athlete. Um, he's bigger. Uh, you know, their jump shot was about the same. Uh, you know, I think, you know, this year, as far as, you know, the sort of consistency coming in, I see Josh Christopher as a better defender. Um, than Cam Thomas, but you know, obviously Cam Thomas's numbers uh, were consistently better um, at LSU, and so I, I struggle with the same thing with him. I've struggled with him all year. I want to acknowledge that he can really score the basketball, and that's a skill. And um, you know, maybe there's a way to use him, but I see him as an undersized two guard with an okay but not great jump shot who doesn't possess like elite quickness or elite length, uh, and. And also, you know, on the defensive end, you know, maybe he wasn't a terrible defender, but is it certainly isn't a plus defender. Who is that guy in the NBA? Um, Buddy Hield? You know, yeah, maybe Buddy. You know, now, but, but Buddy can really shoot the basketball. Yeah. Uh, I, I, w- I would say Buddy is a pretty good comp on most of those other things, um, right? With the exception that, you know, Buddy has been what? a 40 plus percent, you know, three point shooter. Uh, and that, you know, that's a big difference between being what a 31, 31 ish or, you know, a 41 ish um, percent shooter makes a big, big, big difference in the league. But I, I'd say for a lot of those other things, you know, their ability to score the basketball in a, in a variety of ways, size, you know, comparative athletes, you know, probably, mm-hmm. probably comparative impact on the defensive end, but he hilt's not a bad comp. Yeah, and the difference is, at least in my opinion, is that Cam got to the line seven and a half times, Mm. which I don't really see that a lot in college basketball either. I can't think off the top of my head someone that I knew got to the line as many times as he shot threes, and both were pretty high volume. Mm -hmm. Seven attempts from three, seven attempts from the foul line, and he shot 88%. So again, if you're using the free throw, he also had a high difficulty in a lot of his shots because again, yeah. Cam Thomas was, uh, he wasn't the only 
offensive option uh, on there. Um, Trendon was also, you know, uh, you know, a legitimate option there at LSU, but um, uh, he carried a heavy usage rate. Yeah. Uh, and so there, you know, the, again, the degree of difficulty in some of the shots that he was taking may explain some of the some of the shooting numbers. Yep. Right, I, if man, he goes, if he goes sixteen to twenty five. I can't argue if he slides from like 25 to 40, I probably can't argue either. Yeah. I, I, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out where he goes because again, scoring is such a, a skill and it's, it's needed, especially in today's NBA, a guy that can light things up and get hot, but then you look and take a deep dive into the numbers and you see that he wasn't necessarily efficient, even though he averaged 23 points a game. To me, that makes it a little difficult to gauge. And then also finding a a close comp. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Again, this is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies with Chad Ford. And for the listeners, where can they read your content? Yeah. So over at nbabigboard.com, uh, I have a weekly newsletter, actually a I send it out several times a week, scouting reports, mock drafts, big board. Um, and you can listen to my podcast uh, also on the Lockdown Network uh, and Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. All right. Thanks a lot. This is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies signing out. Mm-hmm.